0: This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast.
1: Fiala intercepts again, trying to find the handle on it. He does. He scores! What a play by
0: Fiala! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. I'm proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL. HL news, advanced stats, and much more. He fights off at Anas Sends it back to Kulikov. Cuts to the middle.
2: Hands to Beckman. He scores! Throws to work for the wild. Centers one. Eric with a shot. He scores! Jules Eric he's the hero. Here poked away. Kaprizov. in Kaprizov.
0: And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Bock. Hello, and welcome in to Sound the Foghorn. It is Thursday, November 11th. We are about an hour away from the puck drop for Minnesota Wild in Vegas. So by the time you're listening to this, hopefully we will be celebrating the Minnesota Wild's fifth win of the season. But Brett Marshall joined alongside, as always, by Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki, Gentlemen, happy to be back with you guys this week. Uh, Justin, I know last week you were feeling a little stuffy, a little under the weather. How you doing this week?
2: I'm
1: good i I can actually talk without having to like take two seconds between
2: <laughs>
1: between talking, but I got some nasal spray, and I can actually breathe out my nose, so good to go and and ready to record and uh talk about this this excellent team we have here,
0: definitely. And we'll get into that in just a bit zeke how you doing, my friend?
2: uh doing really good uh, you know it was nice the game last night and actually stress free game to watch where there was never any doubt uh what the outcome was going to be and uh, weren't, just been, weren't, weren't
0: playing from behind at any point
2: nope yeah not even not even close so yeah no it's uh, doing really good absolutely
0: well we've got a lot to get to on tonight's show we're going to try to get it in because we want to watch the game we don't want to miss any of that um while recording so um justin i guess we'll flip it over to you here first um, just to give an update on the prospects and what's been going on. Um, another busy week for, for some prominent players. Yeah,
1: Sounds good. I'll kind of just touch on the guys that had big weeks, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Josh Piller, one of the Kamloops boys that we have, has been on a tear. He's picked up eight points in his last four games. Uh, three goals, five assists. He's just been bonkers. Him and Bankier and Stankovan on that team are just so good. And I think... Uh, Taylor has like 21 points in 13 games just kind of kind of reminds me of uh maybe like an adam i haven't seen him play but like how adam beckman was in the whl where he just we didn't really know about him maybe till we drafted him or i guess i don't know about a lot of these guys until till we draft him but right. he's just going off and, and playing very well and then uh yes Wallstad, how about him a couple shutouts in a row two games in a row he has a shutout now and uh, he was named to Sweden's under 20 team for the Four Nations tournament, which begins soon. I, I, I have to look at the dates, look the dates up on that, but that's coming up really soon. So we'll get to see him in that tournament as the SHL is taking a break till the 18th. Um, with his shutouts, he's uh, climbed kind of the stats. And remember, this kid's 18 years old, he's third in goals against average with 1.69 uh 6th in save percentage at 924 and then uh, i believe he was 6th in wins with 8 but he just keeps getting better and he's only had one game where he's allowed more than two goals so pretty damn good out of an 18 year old in a man's league yeah um, absolutely he's yeah. been
0: he's been really good um and i i and i think you've touched on this in weeks past but it's just nice to see him getting those starts cuz there was that mm-hmm. fear um, after he was drafted and kind of some rumblings that he would kind of serve as the backup, but I think he's more than kind of earned that that starting role. And as you said, just to be dominating the way he is against men, it just seems like he could just use a little bit more offensive support um, mm-hmm. and some of those numbers could really pop.
1: Right, and I, I think that's, I mean, he's 8-4-0 still, but a couple of those games, I mean, he could really be like 11-1 or something if he had a little bit more goal support. <laughs> But uh, I'll continue on. Ryan O'Rourke had a nice week with four points in three games, two and two. Um, Murat, who is Nadinov, has been named uh, Team Russia's roster for the Karhalla Cup, which started today. Uh, Russia actually lost three to nothing, so not much to report there. But he is going to be wearing an assistant captain on his jersey and A. Uh, sorry for those who called alternate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> assistant. This is an assistant (laughs) captain podcast.
1: (laughs) Um, And some kind of – I'll touch on a couple prospects with uh, maybe a little bit of bad news and then we'll touch on the Iowa Wild and be done. But Mm -hmm. Alexander Hovinov has been sent back to the ECHL, to the Iowa Heartlanders, after being called up to the Iowa Wild last weekend. They played two games. He didn't didn't get into the lineup in either game, so – kind of disappointing to see a guy that uh, played so well in the queue, not really, I don't know if he's not really taking it serious enough, kind of like a suck type. type. Um, just got talent, but just isn't taking the conditioning seriously. And then our St. Cloud State boys, Jack Pert, he's day-to-day. Sam Henches is week-to-week. I've noticed they haven't been in the lineup for a little while. I was unsure why, but uh, that kind of came out recently that I saw. And then the Iowa Wild. They've been playing well. We got uh, Marco Rossi, nine points in seven games, had a couple assists last night. He figured in on the game tying and game winning goal. I think they came back with like 20 seconds left and one in overtime. Yep.
0: And I think he's uh, riding some like a four or five game point streak now. Well. Yeah,
1: it's somewhere between four or five, six, somewhere in that range. He's just playing really well since he came back from not feeling well. And then Nick Swaney got ten points, nine games, scored the game tying goal last night, and Mason Shaw had three assists last night. He's him and Sweeney are tied for the team lead with ten points. So those three are really the guys that are kind of just leading the charge down there right now. I mean, you got Beckman and Dewar who are playing well. They've kind of been called up and called back down, so their points may not be there. But uh, yeah, I was uh, playing fairly well here.
0: And it sounds like uh, Matt Boldy could be. Getting nearer to his return to the ice as well, um, which is which is that's a right. great sign. Um, if we can, I, I think just for fun, I know mean, no Beckman and Boulder left wings, but just give us a shift of like Rossi, Boldy, Beckman. Just like let us see yeah. the future.
2: Well, um, I think that's what they plan to do before he got hurt. If I remember yeah. reading right, so I think That'd
0: Beckman be is, I think he's a guy. I think that's kind of comfortable playing either wing. I think he's more of a natural left winger, mm-hmm. but. I don't mm-hmm. think I think kind of like Fiala. He he just has that natural scoring ability. Or if you stuck him on the right side, you know he's yeah. coming in, you know strong side on the forehand. So not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else, Justin, or does that pretty much wrap it up? No, that
1: pretty much wraps it up. I forgot about the Boldy uh, being back on the ice part, but uh, yes, yeah, overall some pretty good news. And there's a lot of other players that are playing well, but those are the ones that really stood out this past week or two. So
0: absolutely. And then uh, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic, friend of the pod, uh, did release an article today kind of projecting out his lineups for the World Juniors. I believe it was five or six Minnesota Wild players in the mix. It sounds like some locks in Carson Lambos for Team Canada, um, Murat Huzedinov for Team Russia, Jesper Wallstedt for Sweden, and then some hopefuls, potentially Ryan O'Rourke. Um, Damon Hunt is kind of the number six guy for Canada. Maybe even Lambos' defensive partner, which would be kind of cool. Um, and I feel like there might be one other one that I'm forgetting.
2: There is one more, but I'm having a brain um, fart. I'm guessing it would be Novak again. Checks.
0: Yep, Novak for the checks. I think. I don't think he even had a Czech Republic roster, but okay. he would seem. Okay. I think as long as he's still eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think first off's past his eligibility. So, but there should be a, 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 again m- much like last year. Um, I think does I think Rossi might even have one more year of eligibility if Austria's back in the mix. Maybe I'd have to look that. Uh, I think they might have got relegated anyways. I don't remember it. Right. Okay. Well, well, them score. Yeah, it doesn't matter. A handful of wild players, sounds like for sure. I think three locks and potential for maybe two or three others. Um, so something to monitor as, as those camps get underway here, probably I think within the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tournament takes place following um, Christmas. So something to look forward to there. It's always fun watching the wild prospects in those tournaments. We'll move next into my analytics segment um, and It's something we kind of hit on a few weeks ago, but I want to hit on it again because the Wild just keep dominating at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, you probably saw some of my threads today come out with analytics. We'll talk about some of those on the show today. We'll start with just how good the Wild have been at 5-on-5 five five, uh, through the first 12 games of the season. So their shot attempt differential uh, of 116, so Corsi for those of you that are more nerds like me. Um, second in the league at plus 116. The actual shots on goal differential of plus 72. Third best in the league. They have a plus 56 scoring chance differential, which is fourth best in the league. Their high danger differential of plus 28 is third best in the league. Their goal differential of zero is tied for 17th. And the expected goals differential of an astounding plus 7.05, which I believe is right around, um, I think if you look at it percentage-wise, it's like 60%. um, has a pretty wide lead on the rest of the league. They are in first place in that category. And I think that just goes to show, um, I, I think it points immediately to kind of what the eye test shows you in that, you know, where they have s- seemed to give up goals is a lot when they've been killing penalties. We know how bad the power, or the, the penalty kill has been um, mm-hmm. so far this year. And then I think even a little bit too to some of the down games we've seen from Talbin Kakanen, um, and Kakinen we'll talk about in a bit, has looked much better over his past couple starts. But, I mean, this just team just continues to dominate at 5-on-5, five five, and they're winning games, they're getting depth scoring, they're doing without a whole lot, I mean... As of late, we've seen Karisov and Fiala start to heat up, but without a ton of goals from either of those two, I think, now just combined those two have, I think, it's just five on the year now um, through 12 games. So, I mean, this team can be scary. I think if they can shore up that, shore up the, the penalty kill a little bit, which seems to be coming around finally, and then if Kakanen and Talbot can just kind of start making some more of those, you know, supposed to make saves, I mean, this team could be absolutely lethal.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, I think another stat that I kind of saw that was, you know, a little less analytic, but I think last year they averaged something like 28 shots a game, and this year I think they're averaging, I think I read like 35. Or, you know, it's a, either way it's a big jump, and obviously those uh, stats show there, and it's just, uh, like you mentioned, they're just dominating possession and have a puck a lot, and obviously when you have uh, the puck a lot, you're going to create more chances, and, you know, you're going to it's going to be a lot less time for the other team to create chances. So, yeah, no, it's... Uh, You know, like they've been coming back, but even in some of the games they have come back, it's not been for lack of getting, you know, killed necessarily for the even when they're trailing. So, I, you know, I think that's another good sign and kind of thing you have to differentiate from when, yeah, is it sustainable for them to come back? Well, no, but, you know, that's not like they've been playing, you know, bad per se in those periods where they have trailed. So, yeah, no, it's, like you said, pretty. I guess I didn't know until you posted that today that uh, they were, you know, that dominant. I, you know, they're 9-3, and three, so you'd think they'd be good, but to be top two or three in the league and everything is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yep. That's pretty amazing. They're getting a lot from what they have. Like, we have a lot of good players, but we got a ton of depth in guys that maybe a lot of Wild fans didn't expect to see do well. Like, for example, like the Duheim. Sturm Hartman line has been absolutely insane since it got put together. It's just the feeling around this team is different and the analytics show it. the eye test shows it. Dino's go, doing a good job of coaching these guys and, and Bill's doing the best job. I mean, doing a really good job with, you know, the cap crunch that we have. Yeah. Makes you excited for the future.
0: Absolutely. And and one of the areas they've really been dominant is is the third period and we and we saw that we've mm-hmm. seen it kind of on this um this winning streak with Ottawa. Last Tuesday, and then Pittsburgh—they roared back. A late goal from Ryan Hartman forces overtime, and then they win it, and they win in a shootout um, on some slick goals from Caprice Afiala, and then Nick Bukestad of all players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they pull out a really nice third period against the Islanders, running with that one five to two, um, and then just route Arizona five to two last night. Didn't look as dom in the third period, but to me, they just kind of like a team that was yeah, we're up five to one, we're just gonna play smart, not get hurt, defend the lead um yeah. and overall played pretty well but four game winning streak five goals in each of those four games I mean this offense is roaring they're um playing a Vegas team tonight um that um is a little banged up if you saw the injury report we <laughs> tweeted out earlier yes. um uh, and uh, this will be irrelevant by the time I listen to this show but um they have I'll just do the count here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players listed on the injury report on, uh, I believe that was CBS Sports. So that could change by game time. But um, according to what it said, none of them were expected to play tonight. And that includes some big names like Stone. Obviously, Jack Eichel who just traded there. Max Pacioretty, who always seems to light up the Wild. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, former Bemidji State uh, player. Um, and uh, I don't know if I said William Carlson. And then, yeah, uh, Nolan Patrick, who was acquired this summer in a trade as well. So a lot of key guys out, and the Wild pretty much. I don't think anyone's really hurt, so fully healthy, so should be another very winnable game for him. Cam Talbot and net, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this, hopefully um, the result of tonight's game was good. But gentlemen, any kind of takeaways? I you know we went through really quick, kind of the last these last three games, I guess since last we met, cause we talked about Ottawa last week, but from any of the games against the Islanders, Penguins, or last night against Arizona.
2: Well, I mean, trying to. Think right away I mean obviously that game in Pittsburgh uh, you know let's be honest they probably didn't deserve to get any points out of that game Uh, because you know I think uh, that was the you know for the first two and a half periods they were kind of just fumbling the puck around their own end for minutes of all time couldn't seem to complete a pass even though they did score two goals and uh, you know the fact that they were able to come back especially you know I said to my dad this, but it's, it's rare enough to score the one goal with the goalie pulled it's tie it late. And it's, you know, even more rare to do that twice in the last three minutes. So, you know, that was obviously that was really exciting and a great shootout win, as you mentioned, but I just thought that, you know, I was I, guess I was impressed with the fact that overall from those games that after that game, Pittsburgh, you know, emotional win, all that, they came out, you know, against the Islanders, and even though they did trail twice, I thought they were, you know, obviously the better team throughout of that. They were moving the puck really well, passing really well, just uh, overall played a you know really great game against the Islanders, and I was uh, just impressed with how sound they looked on the second half, back-to-back there against a really good team. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the biggest thing I've noticed, I missed the Pittsburgh game because I was
1: at my cousin's wedding, which congrats to her, but um, the biggest thing I feel like with the Islanders and the Arizona game, while Arizona's crappy, I felt like Man, the team looked really fast. I, I mm-hmm. think part of it is how crisp they were with their passing and their breakouts and zone entries. It were, man, I mean, a lot of them are just flawless. Of course, you are gonna have mistakes here and there, but I feel like this team is, like, in past years, we had a lot of good teams, but maybe we had, you know, a lot of veterans and looked a little bit slower. You know, Eric Stahl was slowing down, and Coyby was slowing down, getting older, and preseason suitors, I mean, but now it just looks like a different kind of speed to this team. And, and we're going to continue to get faster with, you know, hopefully the guys like Rossi and such come up, but it, you know, just how crisp they are was fun to watch. And then it was great to see Bugestead kind of stick it to Pittsburgh with that, uh, that I didn't see the game, but I, I saw a clips, but the score of the shootout winner after basically being given away for, for nothing, he uh, kind of just stick, stuck stuck at the Pittsburgh with that, that winning. Shootout goal. It was kind of cool
0: to see. Yeah, and apparently I think he's something like thirty-three percent um, in his career in the shootout. Which, mm-hmm. like, I was like, what yeah. a random, what a random stat. <laughs> um, I think my biggest takeaway was the rebound for Capo Kakinen. We saw him in Nashville earlier this season. Um, just looked terrible. Looked like well, like the preseason sloppy, letting in soft goals. Um, and then these last two games, two goals allowed in each. Um, but, um, you look at, you know, his goal save above expected, I think was pretty much right around zero total in both Mm -hmm. games, which, um, never a bad thing. I believe he stopped, um, nine out of 10 high danger shots, um, including some really nice ones last night, um, stuffing Lawson Kraus on a break when a backhand, and then like kind of right as the buzzer on the back door, um, got the left pad over. And I I think, you know. Arizona's obviously a bad team, and that's a hopefully a game where you can make some nice saves, win the yeah. game. But, I mean, that's a game where he could have probably given up three or four goals but didn't make those saves. And I think it's got to be just a great confidence boost for him to come out, put together back-to-back outings, give Cam Talbot some rest, mm-hmm. um, hopefully play well tonight against a tougher team in Vegas. But I think it's – I mean, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. as a major concern. If, you know, if, if Kakanen and Zeke, wrote about it too um, over at zonecoverage.com. Um, about, you know, if, if the Wild can't, you know, if, if they can't get reliable backup goaltending, they could be in trouble, but we've seen two great games out of mm-hmm. Um so hopefully some rest for Talbot and hoping for a good game tonight, but I've been... A sigh of relief has kind of came over me after seeing these last
2: couple games. And I think, you know, I think you kind know, of the key point there that you made is that you know, he, he was good. I don't, you know, I didn't think he was fantastic either, but like you said, you know, didn't necessarily need to have like, you know, two 40-save shutouts in a row or something, just like you mentioned, just a couple of good wins there to just kind of, you know, calm calm himself down. I mean, Evison said it, he just looked a lot calmer in the net, wasn't you know, flopping around as much and just looked more confident, his ability to make saves. And you know, the two goals last night, the one was, you know, Andrew Ladd coming in sniping all on, which is pretty funny, and also a blast wide open from the slot on a one timer. So hard to really blame him there, right, as you exactly. mentioned. But but yeah, no, I think uh, you know, I think I also think the team against the Islanders to go back a little bit also did a really good job of kind of defending really well and not you know making him do too much, which which again I think is good. But yeah, no, it's uh, you, know, you take wins any way you get them, and uh, you know, hey, have, all they really need the backup to be is good enough to win games. So
0: absolutely, Zeke, you touched on this just now, and I want to dive into a little bit more. You talked about how good the blue line was against the Islanders, mm-hmm. but Let's take a deeper dive into how flipping good this blue line has been oh. mm-hmm. just in general. Um another thing I tweeted out today, this is um by Money Puck's expected goals model. Um so those of you that have that have followed them um, there's a little bit of difference some nuances between each each website's model. So I primarily use natural stat trick, but um our friends at Evolving Wild have their own model. There's mm-hmm. um those of you that follow Jay Fresh, Patrick Bacon, they have kind of their own model that they use. All of them pretty similar. But this one from Money Puck um, grading the best shutdown defensive pairings um, using expected goals against per 60. Um, they listed out the top 12 pairs in the league. It might be 13. Um, Minnesota Wild, all three of their defensive pairings um, grade out in that. Um, Kulikov, Merrill, the best um, at uh, 3.3. Wait, hang on. That doesn't seem right. Here we are. Um, 1.68 expected goals against per 60. Brodine, Dumbo, 1.89 expected goals against per 60. And then uh, Goligoski and Spurgeon, 1.93 goals against per 60. So a way you can think about that, assuming that you know each pair plays, plays around 20 minutes a night, um, you're looking at maybe allowing one to two goals every three yeah. games um, expected. And for all three pairings, that is uh, that's pretty darn good. Um, we talked about coming into the year, some questions about that third pairing. And I think we talked, you know, when we gave Kulikov all the love, um, I think that was last week's show, maybe it's two weeks ago. But, I mean, Kulikov and, and Meryl look great, I think, combined last night. Those two had three points as well. Um, and, and that's the other side of it. I mean, the, the blue line's been scoring, too. I believe it's up to 38 points, 10 goals. I think both which are, the 10 goals, I believe, is top in the league. And I think the 38 points mm. is like second or third best among NHL blue lines. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy what, this completely revamped blue line um, that Billy Guerin has assembled and how Dean Evison has rolled them out and coached them and how good they've been.
2: Yeah. yeah. And oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was say it's coming from guys that we maybe didn't expect it from. Like when we mm-hmm. lost Susie and, and missed out on Cole, I was like, Oh, what the hell are we're just going to patch this thing? And it's that third pairing could be rough. And, and they've maybe been the best pairing of the three and then seeing Merrill and Kulikov play as well as I mean Kulikov's look really good I know we've talked about him like you mentioned but I mean just his skating and some of his own entries and just then Merrill last night you know I don't think the goal ended up going to him but just he, I don't think he scores a lot but he's getting chances like like maybe more than he hasn't passed a couple goal chances I don't know they're just, they're just really good so far obviously from the, the um, analytics side and And, uh, I yes sorry i'm fumbling on my words but (laughs)
2: like you guys mentioned even if you just look at your points each everyone has at least five points that i think both kulakov merrill do and then everyone else is like six seven eight nine so through 12 games and some of them haven't even played all 12 (laughs) yeah and it's it's crazy because i mean i remember even seeing in that islanders game i mean you know, you got caught a couple times, but even John Merrill was playing up in the play, trying to jump into the offense. And it's like, you know, you sometimes, you know, for some for a while there, it was like, okay, what are you doing? You know, that's not your job. But they, you know, they all seem to be able to. I mean, they just seem to have that freedom to play that way when there's the chance, uh, which I think is the coaching way is great that they, you know, you don't just pigeonhole all these guys into their role and say you do this and do this only. But where we're seeing that, obviously, we know that Dumba is a good offensive defenseman. And we've known that Spurgeon can move the clock and he has the ability there. And, you know, obviously we've seen the last couple of years Brody and as well, you know, be more confident to carry the clock in the offensive zone and all that. But, and and like you mentioned too, but it's, you know, they've done that without, you know, compromising their, you know, their defensive ability. And I mean, yeah, Dumba does make some mistakes like he did a couple of times last night, but even he, for the most part, has been very good. And, uh, you know, I, it's, like 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 Justin said we're just sure how that stability was because when you have the same basically four or five six guys for 10 years you're kind of one you're a little maybe nervous when there's something new but I think uh you know like the fact they mentioned that they've only had to play Jordy Ben once and have not had the emergency toss anyone else in there and switch them in and out and try new pairs and new guys experiment all the time and instead be confident in the same six guys every night I think is uh like it was luxury last year. I think they they got it real good in that term again.
0: Absolutely. And, and Kellen Addison, when he had to step in for a couple of games too, looked really solid, yep. um, as well. Um, you know, when when Goligosky came back, all of a sudden there's a discussion of, well, do you take one of Kulikov or Merrill out? And it's well, no, they've been so good together. How could you possibly take them out? Um, so obviously Addison gets sent back down, mm-hmm. um, to play those big minutes in Iowa. But a great problem to have when you know you could lose a guy and have Addison step right in. Um, The way he has and that, it's great mm-hmm. to see him, you know, finally maybe starting to take that next step, especially on the defensive side of the game. Um, but ho- hoping that blue line stays stays intact. We talk about that. You know, that was our fear. You know, one of my biggest fears going on this season was an injury to the top six. And we've seen yeah. you know a little bit of that. But I think like you look at one of the three losses is the game where they had to roll out a pairing, I believe, of John Lazat and Doherty Ben and they got torched. Um, I think uh-huh. allowed like two goals against that game. And I think that was the yeah. I think that was a Seattle game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you can almost, in a way, throw that game out, you know, if they have a full lineup, if they have a Zuccarello, a Pitlick, if they have, you know, Goligoski, and then I think um, it was Kulikov that missed that game as well. Mm-hmm. If you have all those guys there, maybe that game goes a little bit different. Um, but, For sure. Yeah. And then the last point I want to touch on, um, Kirill Kaprizov, um started last Tuesday with the uh, with the overtime winner against Ottawa and since then has added two more goals. Um since then, so now up to th- up to three goals in his last four games after no goals, I believe it was in the first uh, eight games, I believe yeah, eight or nine Seven, games, yeah, something like that. And so it's good to see him eating up. And then Kevin Fiala just continues to dominate. The goal he scored last night was absolutely freaking bonkers. I'm still <laughs> like trying to wrap my head around awesome. how he did it, but know. it was crazy. It's great to see those two now starting to heat up because it just it makes the Wild so much scarier. Well, I
2: think. I think the funny thing with Fiala is, I mean, you know, that that's the one that is, you know, goes in after every other chance he's had. I mean, he had the one in the first period where he, you know, deked the goalie out of his pants and oh. had, you know, the whole meant to shoot at, and then it rolled off. It's rolled sick, which is, you know, kind of been just how things have gone for him up until then this season. And, you know, the, batting the one out of midair, just right at the crossbar level. Uh, you know, I think it went off the far post and bounced And it. Was,
0: but it was like the way he had, like, flipped his hands. It, like, looked like it should have been yeah. a backhand, but then somehow mm-hmm. he, like, got it with Same. the heel of the forehand and then, like, still managed to go, like, bar post and in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even his face after the goal was like, how did I do that? And I think um, <laughs> Russo had a quote from Fiala in The Athletic. I think Fiala said it's, in, in his mind, one of the best goals he's ever scored. So, pretty cool moment for him.
2: Yeah, that's not a, that's not a, I don't think that's stretched by any means. Yeah, um, not something
0: you probably practice a whole lot. No.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: yeah, when I saw it live, I was like, I freaked the heck out. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> how did he do that? It's insane. Yeah, it's good to see them, you know, after we touched on it a lot in past shows, like telling people to be patient. It's going to come, their goal scores, it's going to happen, they're going to, score one and the floodgates will open and that's kind of what's happened for Kaprizov and and then hopefully this is what gets it going for Fiala these guys know how to put the puck in that and and, you know they're they're going to go through streaks where they don't score obviously but overall you know it's good to see them get back on it especially you know we're winning without them scoring but like you mentioned in the beginning of the show get these guys scoring on top of that and and this team is pretty dang scary and I, I think we're on the cusp of that
0: yeah, and we talked about five goals into the four games just two of those empty netters, but they were I believe from like 179 yeah. and like 175 yeah. feet from Bertine and Dumba against the Islanders. So they were they weren't any they weren't cakewalk empty netters. They had to put yeah. some effort into them.
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny. Lambos had scored an empty net goal from 200 feet that night, too. So we had uh, three defensemen uh, between prospects and players that scored, like, 550 feet worth of goals.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe that's Judd Brackett's secret to defensemen scouting. He's like, can they hit an empty yeah, net right. from behind the goal line?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, well, I would say, too, on Presov and Fiala. I mean, it's not like they weren't shooting the puck. I think Presov was tied or in the lead on shots on goal. You know, Yeah, he, maybe he's not, definitely
0: turned it up. Yeah. As of yes. late again, which has been
2: good to see. And Fiala was never, as mm-hmm. we
0: talked, we were never worried about that no. from him.
2: Well, no, we you can you never have to ask him to, to shoot the puck uh, pretty much ever. So, um, yeah, no, I think you know obviously that yeah, it was five on three against a shitty team, but that the, the the goal they scored on that power play, you know, playing keep away behind the net with Zuccarello and you know tuck it in <laughs> real quick, like you know I remember we can Poor remember goal, last I didn't, year. Even,
0: didn't know what the puck was,
2: <laughs> it did, and then it was out of the net before yep. anybody knew what happened, but. You know, I can remember those wraparound goals he scored last year with, the, you know, the quick hands just, you know, doesn't even, you know, he, he can do that if he was on the other side of the net and he'd somehow still find a way to yeah, reach like, it around. I don't so, know how you defend that, honestly.
0: Like, because if you yeah. suck a guy down low, all of a sudden now you have three guys open up top.
2: And he'll like, pass, it,
0: right? I mean, we don't get a lot of five-on-threes, but I'm curious if, if they get one again to see if they maybe try to run something similar.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you should. So you might as well take the open space that they're going to give right, you to exactly. move the puck. Yeah. So. I've
0: never really seen a five-on-three operate like that, and you kind of watch nope. the replay. You're like, it yeah, seems you? like that yeah. would work almost every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, right. How do you defend that? And like I said, unless you throw a guy down there, but then you're opening up other lanes. So We're gonna, yeah. Yeah. they they may, they may have unlocked a new five-on-three strategy. Very innovative by those two. <laughs> but it's always it's just it's always like a, every time you watch Kaprizov and and Zuccarello on the ice together, you just somebody has a double take, like the fuck did they just do like how yeah Yeah, i mean Uh, i think
2: it was evison that said you know when Zuccarella's out there he's like a security blanket or something for for pre which i mean they didn't really score they weren't fantastic in that islanders game but there was definitely a lot more you know they're trying to do backhand back backwards spinorama passes through six guys and they somehow connect so
1: yeah didn't didn't dino say something else like with that one goal they scored on the five-on-three that they didn't practice that. That was like a pre yeah. <laughs> caprizov thing. Oh, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm it. sure
0: it was. I mean, they are just yeah. like, ah, yeah, you you take it. Nah, you yeah, do it, don't have it. You're going to, all right, I'll just I was, I was, I was put it <laughs> in there. I'm
1: going to set you up, here we go. Right. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And I think um, someone did point this out, Kevin Fiala, 3.9 last night. I believe Fiala was credited with an assist on that goal as well. Uh, oh, because I really think he was the... Um, so he made the pass before the the four passes below the goal line, but uh, <laughs> that'd be like a tertiary assist yeah, or something. Yeah. I'm going back. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, two more tidbits I want to hit on here. Uh, Jordan Greener returned to the lineup last night, but he was not inserted, um, back into the top six Ford group. He was um, on the fourth line with Bukestead and Pitlick, and then it um it sounded like the press even kind of addressed it with him last night, but. And as we talked about heading into the season, it really seems um, like his days in Minnesota could be numbered.
2: Well, I mean, I think we've, you know, we've all talked about that probably a bunch of times on this show. And I think, you know, everyone else seems to think that way, especially with, you know, we've seen guys, you know, like Duhame and other kind of rookies kind of fell in that just from pure money standpoint, they're probably not going to want to maybe pay him two and a half, three million or, or whatever it would take where they can probably, you know, replace him fairly easily from within. And, you know, I think he's been, the last few games he's played, he's been better before he got hurt. Like, at least he was, you know, like they mentioned playing the body, being physical, which, you know, if, if he can do that and play on like a fourth line or something or on a third line on a team, he's, a, I think he's a good player. I uh, just, I think it's just kind of obvious that, you know, that higher hope that, you know, the team had for him is, it's just obvious he just doesn't, really
0: have it in him yeah I mean you look to you have Matt Bowley you have Adam Beckman you mm-hmm. have Connor Dewar you have Brandon Duheim. I mean there's four left wingers in the system who yeah. to me offer more than like yeah Green is a big body but I mean we've seen Duheim play physical Nico Sturm has mm-hmm. brought the physical game X always physical you obviously have Felino in there too Bowley we know can play physical like I just feel like if that's all you can bring it, great I guess but like yeah. See that's,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like at times he doesn't play physical like he should either. Though, like I want, I obviously want Greenwell, Greenway to do well and succeed here, but I, I just feel like he's, like I mentioned before, the coil type where he'll go through spurts where he just looks like this semi truck that can't be stopped, and there's times where it looks like he plays smaller than he really is, and you want more from him, and it's just those are the times mm-hmm. where it's frustrating because you know what he can do, but he doesn't consistently do it.
0: Yeah. I always think it, of that goal against the Red Wings, I don't remember if it was last year or year before, where he like took the puck at the blue line, basically boxed out two defenders, essentially stiff-armed a third one, walked a fourth, and like, backhand shelf on the goalie. And, like mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not going to do that every time, but like that's the Jordan Greenway that I keep waiting to see yeah. again. Like The guy that uses his body and his frame to, to just out-muscle people and get to the net, and we just haven't seen that from him.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think the Always think when people say, like just mentioned the Charlie Coyle comparison. Well, you know I don't want to send him. I think Charlie Coyle scored more than Jordan Greenway ever is going to be. But I think you're right with this. You know, there's that always with big guys in NHL, especially. You know, the teams are always like you know play physical. But like I think we said, I just don't think maybe that's just not in his demeanor, or just you know some sometimes guys just don't have it. So
0: definitely. All right, and the last thing kind of want to hit on here before we talk about the week ahead um, is is Dean Evason, um, the Minnesota mm-hmm. Wild PR Twitter account had a pretty cool stat. Um, they tweeted out this morning: Dean Evason is fifty-two, twenty-three, and five as the Minnesota Wild head coach per NHL stats. Only six head coaches have had more wins to their first eighty career games: um, Bepp G- Guidolin, Tom Johnson, Pat Quinn, Todd McClellan. Pat Burns and Mike Keenan. That is, if you're counting at home, um, 109 points through 80 games. Um, mm-hmm. Dean Evison has coached the Minnesota Wild too. We talked about coming into the season that, you know, we'll kind of see how things go, if he should be extended, but I am now all in on uh, hashtag mm-hmm. extend Dean because I honestly don't know what else you could want this man to do. Um, obviously, tough playoff with coming out of COVID against Nash, um, Vancouver, and then a, a strong showing to get, you know, to Vegas to seven games and he had a pretty banged up roster in game 7. Um but, you know, I I think he's he's well on his way to earning an extension. I think it's one that'd be welcomed among both probably the team, the players, management as well as the fans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% on that boat as well. He's uh he's doing a great job. He's putting guys in positions to succeed, and his system seems to work with these guys, just putting them where they need to be. I mean, you see, like, Hartman, Sturm, duheim I've mentioned before, like, those guys are amazing together, and you, you figure it's just going to get better and better because we're – I don't want to say we're in a rebuild. Maybe we are, but I feel like with this cap crunch, Garen's putting what he can on the roster, and, and in the future when we have more cap space – he might be able to add – and, you know, of course, our prospects are going like Rossi and Boldy, and I feel like things are just going to get better from here, and he's doing an excellent
2: job with this, what he has. Very – exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think obviously this can be – this is influenced by Garen too, but we've talked, you know, so much about culture on the team, you know, the attitude, and I think, you know, like I said earlier, I think, you know, Everson, he's – you know, he – I don't know. He seems like, you know, he's a t- typical hockey guy, maybe a little old school, but he also seems to be, you know – it seems like the players, you know, like him, it seems like they, you know, they buy into what the, you know, the GM the coach are saying, which, you know, and by allowing the guy, the players to play to their strengths and to, you know, try things, you know, and just not, you know, have that fear of, Oh, I make a mistake. You know, I'm sitting on the bench for, you know, for the next period or whatever. I think there's a lot with combined, you know, with obviously with a guy like Matt Dumba being given an A and stuff like that, empowering guys, you know, to be, you know either a leader on the team or just to step up and speak up when they feel they need to i think is a key thing there that they're he's doing really good and i mean uh, like brett mentioned obviously the the record speaks for its speaks for itself and uh yeah no i hopefully he does get the extension because i you know i think he deserves it like i said i think everyone seems to like him he seems to be like a good guy i mean he's always in his post game press is always you know laughing or something you see his celebrations on the bench You know, Mm -hmm. throwing sucker punches and the assistants run out of the (laughs) way, which are always pretty funny. But, yeah, no, I think uh, I agree with you guys. I think he does deserve it for sure.
0: I mean, who would have thought Creed Bratton, NHL coach? Yeah. No one. Um, And I think the thing that's really kind of pushed me over the edge this year, we were huddling him last year for at times, you know, seeming to force-feed Victor Rask into the first line for, you know, keeping Nico Sturm in prison on the fourth line, not playing Boldy down the stretch all all these little things about you know kind of just seeming to not unleash these players and I think we've seen him completely go away from that this year with you know bumping Eck under that top line to start the year putting Erickson Eck on the power play we've seen him move Nico Sturm and Brandon Duhame up from the fourth line to the third line granted injuries played a part in that um, but I think Mm -hmm. you know trying Ryan Hartman at center trying him with skill players unlocking you know kind of this Ryan Hartman that we really hadn't seen before um, and then, you know, when, when guys got have gotten hurt, he's put faith in guys like, like Dewar, like, um, Adam Beckman, like Kalen Addison. He's not relying on these, you know, these old aging veterans. Um, we you know we saw Kyle yeah. Rowan there, but you know, Victor asks continued to be a, Vic- uh, a Victor scratch, um, a, a <laughs> Victor, scratch. <laughs> Victor scratch. That might be a, a good nickname for him moving forward. Um, yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've seen him put these faith in the young guys, too, and I think that's something, you know, we were really, you know, as a as a podcast that loves the prospects, that's something we've been clamoring for. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think just to finally see that kind of come to light, too, has been, a, I think, the thing that's really sold me on him this year. And obviously some of that could be coming from Garen, but I think just – you know, finding the right mix of where to, of where am to play these guys. Obviously, um, on the Pittsburgh goal, Adam Beckman's out there at the empty net and ends up picking up the the second assist on the game tying goal because he wins a battle behind the net. And that was Evason who said, "Hey, we're gonna, we're going to put this mm-hmm. skilled player out there in this big situation." And he delivered.
1: Yeah, and I also I've kind of touched on it a bunch, but it's amazing to see guys come in that they got assigned to cheap deals like Merrill and Kulikov and Freddie Goudreau. They all come in. And, and blow our expectations out of the water, per se. It's only been 12 games, but they've performed much better than I expected. And you know, I, may I, kinda, have, I may have to yeah. go
0: back and delete any podcast or tweet of any negative thing I ever said about Freddie Goudreau <laughs> because, <laughs> god damn, that guy, I think I tweeted this, he's like second in the league in expected goals for percentage. I'm like, all players, like 150 minutes played. They've played him on every line, and like every game I watch, I'm like, he's just solid. Like, he's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't dazzle you with, like, crazy skill or anything, but, like, he always seems to be in the right spot, does the right things, and I'm like, I can't believe I ever shit-talked this guy because yeah. he's been such a nice fit, um, and I, I just love what he brings night in, night out, just the effort, and it just seems like, he just seems like one of those guys that's really dependable and, like, doesn't, you know, turn the puck over mm-hmm. a lot, and, sorry, mini rant, but Freddie Goodrow, <laughs> man, you, you have my heart, brother.
1: <laughs> I think we need to keep signing these guys from Nashville that get hurt, like big injuries, <laughs> like a broken femur, and, yeah. and bring them in because they seem to work here.
0: <laughs> Anyone that Nashville or Pittsburgh doesn't want, we'll take them and we'll turn them yeah. into good players. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think who, who – uh, um, uh, we didn't grab McCann. That would have been a good snag, but <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so looking uh to the week ahead, I think there'll only be two games before we record again um Wednesday of next week, and that is Saturday against Seattle, and then uh, I believe it's Tuesday against San Jose back at home.
2: Yeah, we play yeah. Vegas, tonight. Vegas. tonight. And then Vegas tonight is supposed to, yep. yeah. Yeah it's games Tuesday.
0: it's Tuesday. Yep. So um are those all on the road? Uh the San
2: San uh Vegas
1: Jose's back Seattle. At home. Yeah. I was gonna say. So, I got the calendar pulled up here.
0: Yeah, so we uh, get to see some familiar foes. Obviously, hoping for a, a better game against Seattle with a healthy roster. Um, hoping mm-hmm. that they can, uh, you know, put forth a more complete game than what we saw last time. One of the three bad games they've kind of played all year. Um, San mm-hmm. Jose, is San Jose, should be a beatable team. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Vegas, as we as we mentioned, battered up. So hopefully, they uh, can take advantage of that and and get a win against a good team who is missing basically, I think, four. If you count Alex Tuck being traded to basically, I think like five of their oh, yeah. top six forwards. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some very winnable games. We could, I mean, you don't expect to win them all, but man, it'd be nice to
0: mm-hmm.
2: go be 12 and three, knock on wood. Yeah.
0: Well, let's yeah, go I mean, on a run. Why not?
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said uh, bank those points early. And this is, you know, when you got that month of March with games pretty much every day, you know, you're not, it's not a situation where you're going to gonna have to win three out of every four and four out of every five every week so yeah. that'd be nice
0: for sure and and I think especially to taking advantage of these games where you have your full lineup too is huge because I yeah. you know it, it just doesn't happen often I mean I, you're gonna go through injury bug at some point you know, there's mm-hmm. always the potential for the COVID outbreak now as well where you're missing guys so
2: yeah that's true
0: all right fellas well puck drop is about 20 minutes away so um hopefully anyway um hopefully this doesn't get pushed back to 915 again but uh Mm -hmm. any uh any final thoughts uh from you guys uh before we wrap up here
2: um i mean you know not much uh just you know keep enjoying the games team is playing great uh obviously hopefully uh, you know like you said just hopefully get a big win against vegas tonight you know because we all know how much we love love that team uh but yeah, no, just ratio uh, their Twitter account to your hearts. Yeah, heart. Send them puppy pics after the yeah. game
1: tonight. So no, I just enjoy the game. Continue uh, to get some wins. And uh, I, I kind of want to get a little personal. I want to say I'm proud of you guys for, you know, Zeke doing the 10 K ranks and Brett losing 15 pounds. Uh, Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Getting no. a little personal, but uh, super proud of you guys. And uh, just, you know, ever since we started this podcast, a lot has happened to each of us, and it's
0: just yeah. cool to see you guys grow. Proud of you All for of locking girls, in the you know? new house, man. Yeah, rock yeah, on. A, good one. <laughs> <laughs> now, a, a lot has happened since we started this podcast. Amazing what can change uh, in a year. Um, my final thought will just be shout out to Dmitri Kulikov who scored his first goal. I got it wrong like three times. I think. I think officially it was since like February of 2020, but still, I mean, it, it was just cool to see a guy who's been so good for the team finally get on the board. Um, yeah. well, a nice goal too. Great play by Rem Pitlick to take it on the net. Find Kulikov and Kulikov has some nice patience. I'm able to beat v- Vejmelka or whatever that guy's name was. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> also, that poor guy, man. His underlying numbers were solid. Um, he hasn't be been like terrible this team. year, but like, yeah, Kyle, you just can't flip and score. Get uh, get get Shikrin out of there, please. Well, Free will that man. Well that team, yeah. will
2: that hey, team that... Will win ten games this year? Like, oh, will man I'm sure I they will. Stuff. I, I don't mean, see I, I feel score. like even
0: the worst teams, I think, find a way to win. It seems well, like 20, but. 20 would man, be. Man, I mean, the, the, yeah, like, I that Coyotes team has the potential to be historically bad. Yeah. Um, cool. I think they said um, uh, Shane Gostisbear, who I'm still baffled at how, with, <laughs> that they were able to get him, and I think, like, plus two picks taken yeah. off Philly's hands, and Chuck Fletcher's yeah. like, ah, but I got to give a first to get Rasmus Ristolainen. Oof. Glad he's out of Minnesota. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where is it going? I think they said on the broadcast last night he's factored in. I think it's like on twelve of their twenty-three goals or something. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah, when you're relying like on you know your number two, number three defenseman for half your offense, that's probably not an <laughs> ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but n- nonetheless, uh, it's best of purpose, luck to the Cody's. Though. They do have a, a boatload of draft picks stored up. Yeah, um, I was gonna say. So yep. the, the silver the Reba, the Reba lining, way. Silver
1: lining for the next couple of years, they'll be in the running for guys like Shane Wright. Connor, battered and uh, Matt Vemichkov, so their their franchise could turn quick.
0: Yeah, if they if they get one or two of those guys, look out. Um, yeah, it could be worse. They they could be Buffalo. So could be. <laughs> <It> could be. R. I. P. Alex Tuck. <laughs> uh, who
2: was traded there? In the trade.
0: All right, uh, I think we're rambling now, so we'll uh, we'll give it a wrap up here. Zeke, where can everyone find you and your work?
2: Uh, well, uh, as you, do, you can find me on Twitter, I changed my handle. It's now just my name, at uh, Zeke Boyat. So, you, you know, just obviously you can just look up my name and it'll show up. And also, you can, as we talked about, find my work now at uh, zonecoverage.com. Justin? Uh, you can
1: find me at the East 2004. You can find me at Capri Sub C with the Capri Sub Countdown. And you can find me at MNW Prospects with all the prospects and young players. All
0: right. And for those of you that were hoping to get a weekly Whitecaps update from Sammy Wren uh, tonight, she did get tied up with some Minnesota Wild social media duties so you we weren't able to get her on the show. So we will double dip. Um, the Whitecaps unfortunately did drop both their games to Boston this weekend. Um, nearly battled back uh, from, like I think it was like 5-1 to one deficit. Ended up mm-hmm. losing 6-4 to four on Saturday with a nice... Gave it a good effort and then uh, were the victims of some great goaltending from Boston on Sunday with a 1-0 loss. Um, so 0-2 to start the year, but um, some promising games and hopefully uh, a, a better a, a better uh, future head for him. And w- w- we'll get Sam on again hopefully next week um, for more full updates. Just want to give you guys an update on that, why she didn't join us this week, just tied up with our very own Minnesota Wild. So, um, yeah, and just to wrap up, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account on both Twitter and Instagram at SoundTheFoghorn. All one word, Wild in Vegas tonight. Seattle and San Jose before we talk to you again next week but until then this has been another episode of Sound of Fire.